Welcome to FitSpeak, the Fraser Valley's fitness, wellness, and endurance sports podcast. I'm Kevin Hines. We're brought to you by Wenting Cycling Mission. Here is your Wenting's Word of the Week. It is Renew. Your Wenting's Word of the Week is Renew. Mention that word to Bruce or any of the staff the next time you're at Wentings, maybe on Wednesdays for that Wednesday night spin session that starts at 6, and you'll win a prize. It's just that easy. Once again, your Wentings Word of the Week, Renew. We're also brought to you by TriJoy, the spirit of multi-sport. With the new year here, it's time to get going on the new you, and TriJoy can help. If this is your year to try your first triathlon or do your first marathon, our low client-to-athlete ratio ensures you get the support you need. We offer in-person consultations, effective training plans, and regular progress assessments to keep you on track. It's TriJoy, the spirit of multi-sport. See the link at the bottom of this page. Zwift and Chad were big words in 2018, and in FitSpeak 56, we have room for both. 30 minutes of gluten-free FitSpeak for your ears begins right now. Is it going to be a fad, or is it going to be the real deal? We'll tell you what they are and what they're all about. This is your FitSpeak 56 Fit Tip of the Week. And we're in the middle of our look at the top three fitness trends of 2018 as compiled by the Daily Burn. Coming in at number two is virtual reality training and fitness. Yoga studios are using elements of virtual reality to enhance the relaxing elements of their environments. And for people who can't or don't want to go to a yoga studio, they can get an app to help them with their daily practice. But maybe a more interesting use of virtual reality is in the cycling community. Spin classes, both in private and community rec centers, are going high-tech with visual displays of courses along with real-time stats of all the athletes right up there on the big screen for everyone to see. So if you're slacking or overdoing it, it's right there. And then, of course, there's the biggest thing to hit indoor cycling since the CompuTrainer was invented in the late 1980s. And we're, of course, talking about Zwift. For those of you who know it, love it, and will never cycle in the real world again, bear with me. But if you either haven't heard of it or don't know too much about it, here's the deal. Zwift is a virtual reality cycling experience made simpler and sexier. Kind of like comparing your new Asus Zenbook to your gently used Commodore 64. Here's the big picture. You take your bike trainer, even if it's an older style one, say in the last 10 years or so, and you can race people in real time on the internet. To connect your trainer to the internet, you'll need some sensors, cables, and of course either a cell phone, tablet, or a computer. People who are ordinarily technophobes are saying that yes, even they can make this thing work. And in the upcoming months and years, not only Zwift, but other hook up your trainer and do neat bike courses with real people on the internet will get even easier to use. The benefits of having a simple to use virtual reality training environment are numerous, even here in the lower mainland, where we really can train outdoors more than six months out of the year. Then there's the convenience factor, safety factor, and one of my favorite reasons, watts. By carefully monitoring your true cycling output and training, you can more effectively make use of those hours inside. And when you do hit the pavement, look out. So far we've looked at two of the top three fitness trends of 2018. Sitting in at number three for the year is mindful movement. 
That's the practice of taking breaks when you're exercising to refocus on the feedback your body is giving you and to focus on the purpose of the specific workout that you're doing. And of course, the one we just heard today, the number two fitness trend of 2018, is using virtual reality to enhance your workout experiences. And that's your FitSpeak 56 Fit Tip of the Week. Oh, it starts off innocently enough. Maybe you're a few pounds overweight. Maybe you like a beer or two or three after work. And a friend suggests, maybe you ought to get some exercise. So you sign up to do your very first triathlon. But not just any try, a half Ironman. But not just any half Ironman, a heat monster of a course called the Desert Half in a Soyuz. And then, surprise, you find yourself getting out of the water with the fast guys. Whoa, this is cool. And even though reality eventually catches up to you on the run, you're hooked on endorphins, on triathlon, and of course the cool equipment that comes with it. Then you discover a new thing, an Ironman, and you discover a cool bunch of people to train with, and a cool coach called Callahan, and you're in deep, real deep. So you do a few more, and you get good, and you get strong, and you get curious. Could I do even more? And then you discover a new guy, Rich Roll, and he introduces you to a newer thing called an Ultraman. And you train for it, you do it, you don't die, and you get even more curious. Could I do even more? Let's find out where the story takes us. Here's the first of our two-part interview with Chad Bentley. And welcome to another edition of FitSpeak, the Fraser Valley's fitness, wellness, and endurance sports podcast. I'm Kevin Hines, and our special guest recently uh, crowned amazing athlete, Chad Bentley from North Vancouver. We had spoken with Chad um, back in the month of August when he was preparing for this thing called the Epic Five Triathlon. Now he has finished it. He is with us in mind, body, and spirit. Chad, welcome back to FitSpeak. Oh, thanks for having me back there, Kevin. So for the folks who didn't have the opportunity to listen to our first interview, uh, can you refresh our memories? What was the Epic Five Triathlon? Uh, Epic Five was five Ironmans and five days on five different Hawaiian islands. He said that so quickly like it was just nothing. So <laughs> five Ironman distance races yeah. on five consecutive days. Yeah. On five different islands in Hawaii. Yeah. Oh, you're here still with us. Yeah. It, What's it was, your motivation? What? Why would you do that? Uh, I I think the the reason I did it was uh, you know I, I've been involved with the ultra uh, the Ultraman Ultra Five Twenty as you and I both did it in 2017. It was just the next level of an endurance test, and I think what it comes down to, it's a mental test. Mm -hmm. So I, I wanted to test myself and see what it was like to go through sleep deprivation, basically, because that's ultimately what ended up happening. That was that was the big thing. That was the big thing. Yeah, that and and the and the my feet were breaking down. Mm. Yeah, blisters and uh, yeah, just it got crazy. Before we get into the gory details of feet becoming salami, um, I guess we kind of know your motivation. Um, how do you train for something like that? You know, my training was, uh, uh, wasn't any different than training for Ultraman uh, or even putting a lot of time in just for an Ironman. I, I've, I stayed consistent. I probably stay consistent between 12 and 15 hours a week. And then I picked out uh, a couple key training blocks where I do 25, 26 hour training weekends. 
So I do back-to-back -back long days, long swims, long rides. And the runs, you know, I didn't go really crazy on the runs because that I, I'm a little bit of a, a bigger guy at 215 pounds when I'm, when I'm doing my events. I didn't want to get injured prior to going into the event. So, Were you successful in not getting injured or sick? I went in absolutely 100%. Mm -hmm. It was perfect. And, you know, I have to uh, give a shout out to my coach, uh, Sean Callahan. Sean, yes. He's, he's always aware of that. He's always focusing on making sure you get to the start line healthy. Mm -hmm. So, and, and it's key. Absolutely. Now, to do an event like this requires a lot of planning, a lot of training, a lot of logistical stuff from island hopping to island hopping. Um, tell us about your crew members. How did they contribute? Uh, I went down with, uh, I brought four crew members with me. Um, uh, they were, they're all friends. Uh, Lucy Ryan, she was the crew captain. Uh, buddy of mine, Matt Hill, he was a, a key part of the crew. A man never known to frown. I, I've never seen yeah. him without a 100% smile on his face. Oh, yeah, trust me. I, I, yeah, <laughs> it was actually funny to watch. Yeah. And then uh, another friend of mine, uh, Dana Montgomery and, and Rich Fraser, they, they live down in the States. So they're all uh, accomplished endurance athletes themselves. So they came down and their main goal was to take care of all of my needs, whether it was logistics, um, planning all the routes, uh, nutrition, uh, right down to cheering where Matt took a big role in that. <laughs> so uh, it, it worked out really well. You know, it was, it's a super tough job that they had to do. You know, it, it's super hard on them. Uh, they end up going through uh, sleep deprivation, uh, you know, they're in, you know, trying to keep you on track on courses that are going through, you know, these different islands and they don't know where they're going. So, you know, they're trying to follow the maps and, and it got challenging at times, I have to say. Absolutely. It's not yeah. just like following the yellow brick road that is an Ironman race and just follow the hundreds and if not thousands of people it's like it's chad you and your crew for for the most part right? you bet and and the none of the highways are closed mm -hmm. so you know all the you know you're going through on the island of oahu mm -hmm. it's the most populated island in hawaii it's super busy mm -hmm. it was uh, it was challenging uh tell us about some of those challenges obviously uh traffic one of the things is you have to be you know i mean and it must be crazy towards the end but any encounters with wildlife, human or otherwise? No, I think the, you know, the, the, the actual event started off uh, with some pretty bad weather. Uh, I was supposed to fly out on August 24th. Uh, my flight got postponed uh, until the 25th because of Hurricane Lane. Mm. So for a while there, I thought, Jesus, maybe I'm not going to make it down to Hawaii to even do the to, Epic Five. To get this started, yeah. You know, so there was a lot of training and the time and everything mm -hmm. I put into it. Uh, so I got down there a day later than I wanted to. Uh, so then we started day one on Kauai. And as soon as I got to Kauai, it was extreme downpours. Mm -hmm. So now it was tropical storm lane. So it was rain like I'd never seen before. Yeah. A couple hundred millimeters. Were, you know, it was the Hanalei Bay where we were supposed to swim. You couldn't see anything. The water was super turbid. And how do you train for that? You don't. You just deal with it, hey? Well, you deal with it. So yeah. I, I, to be honest with you, the day before the race was uh, was supposed to start, we were down in Hanalei Bay. And basically, I was up to my waist. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, this doesn't feel right. Mm. You know, you have a... a, a a flooding river, like an overflowing river coming in. And you know what happens, what that attracts. Yes. The tiger sharks. Oh, that, so, that I didn't <laughs> that's, know. That's the only thing that was crossing my mind. Oh, okay. That and there's probably sewage and stuff. I was thinking sewage for sure, but yeah. yeah. So uh, the last minute, uh, they decided to change the, the course. Mm -hmm. uh, at 3.30 in the morning, 
uh, before the race is going to start, mm-hmm. all the alarms are going off on our phones about flash flooding. And oh. so it was kind of putting a little bit of a, a downer on, on day one. So they switched up the course and they put it in the local Y. Mm-hmm. So we did, uh, we did the day one swim in a pool and then we did, uh, we did nine 20 kilometer loops and a very hilly loop, by the uh-huh. way, on day one. And then we just ran around uh, a golf course, like a six kilometer loops for the marathon. So mentally or physically, did you find that easier or harder? I guess your crew might have found that a bit easier logistically because they could yep. uh, plan a little bit better. It was good seeing the crew all the time. Yeah. And you got to see that there were only five of us doing the race. Right. So I, I got to see everybody. A sense of community. Yeah. yeah. So that was kind of nice. Yeah. But... Uh, you know, doing loops, 20 mm-hmm. kilometer loops gets, gets yeah. plays mental games with you. Uh-huh. And we were riding through puddles that were yeah. easily a foot deep. Like, it was insane. So your first day and already you're put to some tests you've never experienced before. Yeah. And it set the race up. Uh, it set me up with uh, having blisters on my feet. That was right, right from the start. Yeah. Right? My uh-huh. feet, it was like the, my, the skin on my feet just shriveled and there was nothing yeah. I could do about it. Mm. I mean, you could change your shoe. I mean, I, I could only bring so many pairs of shoes and with me and socks right dry, yeah. and you got to save them for other days you're not going to have a chance to do laundry and everything so yeah. so it was uh you know battled through it and uh, i think it, it took me roughly 15 hours to finish and that was my plan get through the darn thing yeah, yeah it was just mm-hmm. you know you have to conserve and uh and then you pack up you don't have a time you don't have time to eat you don't have time to shower you go directly to the airport mm-hmm. and then you throw your podium pants on and your compression <laughs> pants and you're yeah. sitting in the airport and you know trying to recover you know, as much as you can. And then we flew off uh, to Oahu. That was day two. Okay. So we flew the night before, got into Oahu around one in the morning, swung through a drive through at McDonald's, which I typically wouldn't do. Listen to Chad. Uh, why? That's all. That was the only option. Yeah. You know, so I think I ate like four, you know, filet of fish sandwiches. I mean, uh-huh. that's all, that's all that there was. We couldn't even get a pizza. Wow. And then uh, try to find our condo. It's in the city. Mm-hmm. But, but, you know, i got to get to sleep. So by the time we got settled in, you're probably climbing into bed around 2.30 in the morning. Up at... To get up in three up and at, a half hours or exactly. less? Yeah, wow. or less, yeah. Wow. And then day two was on uh, in Oahu, Ocean Swim. Mm-hmm. It was beautiful. Except, uh, you know, going up the coast and everything. Now you're climbing. You know, the swim is beautiful. Now mm-hmm. you're out in the bike. Mm-hmm. Super busy. Riding through the city. The wind. The hills. Uh-huh. It's super challenging. Uh-huh. So, but it was great. So that was day two. Uh, anything you can tell us about the run, the marathon, the, the half run, half walk of day two? Yeah, day two, uh, I, I got to say I got lost. I probably rode an extra, I think we figured about 15 kilometers, mm. which doesn't sound like much, but it is when, you've, when you're when you on your second <laughs> Ironman. Yes. And uh, I, my phone was dead. I had to go into a Starbucks. Oh, Bum a phone off a guy from Chicago, phone my wife so she could phone my crew. Oh, wow. I couldn't find the finish line. It was, uh, oh my yeah, goodness. It, it was, that was playing with me mentally a little bit. I and was that was the, just to get you to the start line of the marathon. Yeah. And oh. I was about, uh, probably 300 meters from transition. Oh, wow. Yeah. I just couldn't see the flags. Yeah. I didn't know where to go. It was in the city. Oh, wow. So anyway, the crew found me. I got on my bike, rode the last three or 400 meters yeah. into transition and then started the run. Uh-huh. And then it's a it was a 2 mile loop and I was kind of down at that point. Mm, yeah. And uh I said I'm just going to walk this entire marathon. Yeah. And uh so I started walking and and my buddy Maddie was uh <laughs> walking with me. Yeah. 
and uh, you know, and then my spirit started to lift a little bit. Yeah. And then there was a a, a guest runner there, this woman Rosie, mm-hmm. um, that lived in Oahu. She was a, she's an ultra running champion. She wanted to pace somebody, so the Epic Five crew said, you know, let's get her to pace Chad and, and see what happens. We can maybe boost the spirits a bit yes. and get him running. And it worked. It worked. Yeah, it yeah. did. So mm-hmm. we ended up. Uh, you do a two mile loop, and then you, I think it was a six mile loop, and then you got out onto the Honolulu Marathon course. Mm-hmm. So then we started running, walk running. Yeah. You know, I wasn't. I knew I wasn't going to run. Blisters were already killing. Uh, it was already yeah. had a lot of pain, and uh, I think I finished off day two one thirty in the morning. Yeah. So you just randomly finish at a spot. Yeah. <laughs> There's a, there are no crowds there or anything no, like that. No, uh, Steve King at the finish line. No, no. you are an That's double it. Iron Man. No, just nothing. No. no, sleep if you can, do it again. And day three, where did you hop to for that? Yeah, so day t- at the end of day two, we got to sleep in Oahu again. So then we woke up early in the morning on day three, packed all our gear up, and then we jumped on a plane and flew to Molokai. So we got to Molokai probably, I'm going to guess, 9 in the morning by the time we got there. Went to a coffee shop and grabbed a coffee. Everybody's kind of just dragging their feet, you know, postponing the inevitable, right? Yeah. And then uh, that, there's no safe spot to swim in Molokai, so it's a pool swim. Okay. It's a beautiful outdoor pool, Mm -hmm. so it was kind of nice. So we probably didn't get started until 11? Starting an Ironman at 11. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. So did the so swim. for all the folks who are getting stressed out at in their first or second Ironmans, like oh no, we might not get started till ten after seven. Listen to Chad. This is and this is after <laughs> two full Ironman distance races. So you jump in the pool at eleven. Yeah, yeah. And Rebecca, the the race director, she's like, come on guys, let's go, <laughs> let's get going, let's get going, because mm-hmm. you know, because she didn't want to push it too late. You don't want to, you'll be in the dark. Well, it's, you will be in the dark. Cause at around 530, it gets dark. Yeah. In, in the tropics, that's yeah. when the curtain comes down. Beautiful bike ride though. Yeah. It was my favorite. Day three was the best. Yeah. And Molokai is this beautiful little island that's not a lot of tourists on it. The roads are fairly quiet. So we did this out and back. Uh, I think it was a 30, let's say 35 kilometers. So about 70 kilometer out and back. And then you go to the other side of the island and you just climb. Oh, <laughs> and then it's like, oh my God, then you, you know, the wind and the rain, but one side of the island's beautiful, tropical, yes. and, you know, but then all of a sudden there was a mountain and rain and everything. So, uh, yeah, we finished off the, uh, the ride just when it was starting to get dark. Okay. And, Fortunately. Yeah, yeah. And I had a couple of friends there, um, that I knew through Ultraman, mm-hmm. um, Adam Ellenstein. He's the guy that swam from Vernon to Penticton. Oh, he's the he lives guy. There, okay. Him and his wife, Amelia. Mm. So they, uh, they stepped in and helped crew uh-huh. and they're like That's professional nice. crewers. Oh, it's amazing. So they brought all this great junk food. And oh, nice. Pizza. So it was really good. So I started the marathon, uh, just when it was starting to get dark, had a large pizza. So we we're eating. And How did that sit in your gut? You know, it wasn't bad. Yeah. It's not like the heart rate was pounding super high. Yeah. So it was, it was good. Mm-hmm. And it, and you, I was just so hungry. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I think we finished day three again around one thirty in the morning, uh-huh. something like that. And then the hotel was right at the transition area. So by the time you get cleaned up and everything, I think I got into bed 2.30, uh-huh. maybe quarter to three, something like that. Uh-huh. And then the crew's cleaning up and getting everything organized the next day while I'm trying to sleep and we're all yeah. in one room. One room. Yeah. How many people in one room? There were five of us. Oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, for day four, we got up in the morning in Molokai mm-hmm. and uh, we caught a ferry from Molokai 
to Maui. Uh-huh. So we left. I don't know. It was dark when we left. It was a two-hour ferry crossing. So everybody tried to sleep. It was super rough. Oh. But it was good. You know, just laid down in the ground. And I didn't mind it at all. It was actually better than going to the airport, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. So then I think we got into Maui, into Lahaina. That's where we where we where the boat docked. 9.30, something like that. Yeah. And then we had to drive. We had to go get our rental cars. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so all our gear was just on the dock, waited for them to go get the our, one of our crew members to go get a rental car, mm-hmm. come back, pick us up, and then take us over to Wailea. Okay. So I, I can't remember. It was it was a distance away mm-hmm. away from Lahaina. We started day four, noon. Okay, so when this... When this is happening, are are the other uh, are the other teams there with? Their... Oh yeah, everybody's together. So you're all together. Yeah, so yeah, what's yeah. what's like? This is something nobody's. Well, I mean, people have done it, but nobody I've spoken with. But what's the mental state there? I mean, you've got your four. There's yourself, four other you know competitors, buddies, comrades in arms, however you want to say it. But what's the mental vibe like? It's like okay, we're gonna start this thing for the fourth day, and it's noon. Yeah. So uh, are people upbeat? They're sleep deprived. What's going on? Fairly upbeat, but yeah. sleep deprived. Yeah. Everybody's tired. But I mean, I witnessed some pretty crazy uh, mental toughness mm. from all the competitors. I mean, they were all just amazing. Yeah. You know, I'll give you just a brief run rundown on the on the guys that were doing. Absolutely. It. Yeah, I'd like to hear about that. It was uh, one guy Renato from Brazil who was just I had done Ultraman World Championships with him before. Mm-hmm. He's just a he's a He's a beast. Mm-hmm. And he's a he's a he's a big guy too. Yeah. So him and I were together pretty much. I'd say the whole time. Uh huh. He was, but he's super strong. This guy. So he'd be. So he I guess that makes, first, I guess that makes you super strong too. Well, you know, it's just. <laughs> but you know, and then there was a, a, a Colombian guy, uh, Edwin. He was super strong as well. Had a couple bike mechanicals. Oh So no. that could really throw you off. Yes. So what he had to go through just to to overcome those mechanicals was insane. And then there was a guy, um, Chris Brennan. Uh, he's actually one of the kind of owners of the race. Okay. And he had done it already in 2014. To show came, the way. <laughs> yeah, he came back with his family, with his two sons. And one of his sons, uh, was a 16-year-old, uh, his 16-year-old son was or is extremely autistic. Oh. So Chris would tow him in a raft oh, for man. all the swims. Really? And then he would go on the bike on his own just uh-huh. for obvious reasons of safety safety and, mm. and then he would push him in a running stroller in the run wow so chris made it three full days uh-huh. on the fourth day because we started at noon mm-hmm. the chop came up in the water and, uh-huh. and uh, it, uh, sadly he had a, a, a long swim yeah and then the uh the last guy was this guy joe jaffe he's this uh, doctor from from new york city and uh, I'd been at uh, Ultraman World Championships the same time he did it uh-huh. before. Um, and I swear to God, he didn't sleep any of the night. And he got up every day and we finished it. Mm. I mean, I, unbelievable. The guy can, you know, the, you know he, he, he wasn't uh, the super fast swimmer or cyclist. Man, he just naturally can run. Yeah. You know, and so he would pull out some pretty cool times and uh-huh. runs actually. So super impressive. Yeah. So age-wise, um, how old are you, Chad? Now I'm f- I'm turning f- I'm forty. Am I forty six? I'm forty six. Or am I turning forty six? I'm turning forty six. Oh, <laughs> no, I don't even know. So turning yeah. turning forty six, and the other fellas were guys. Yeah, they're I'm roughly about how old? Renato from Brazil was a few years younger than me. Yeah. Edwin, same age. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe, a little bit older, maybe 50, 50 51, mm-hmm. somewhere in there. Yeah. Chris. 
late 40s mm-hmm. yeah not nobody super young so a lot of guys with a lot of miles in their legs a lot of life experience a lot of race yeah. experience uh discovering new things about their bodies and their minds as i'm sure that you did so yep. when last we were island hopping we were just about to move to the big island is that right how yeah did, well i'll just how did day four end well day four was uh, so again the swim started mm-hmm. late. right so and it was this beautiful swim i mean it was spectacular beautiful beach but the chop came up uh-huh. and the currents picked up so it was it was challenging it was challenging we didn't wear wetsuits or anything no. we could have could have but just you don't feel like it so the swim you know it was i think we were i, I swam with edwin and renato and they were their former competitive swimmers so oh. i think we, we still pulled out like our swims really that kind of thing wow yeah. and uh and then we got on the bike mm-hmm. and maui was so tough what made it tough it was probably i'm gonna guess 20 mile climb right mm. off the bat in the headwinds uh-huh. it's just insane it was crazy. Plus, you're pretty. You're on your fourth Ironman, fourth, so it's yeah. So it's just that much tougher. Mm-hmm. Um, so Renato and I were together pretty much the whole that whole ride, and uh, Edwin ended up with a, a mechanical, mm. and uh, they had to swap out his bike somehow. So it it put him in a time deficit. Oh, I bet that's yeah. really your biggest risk of a DNF. Yeah, is that is if you get a mechanical that that you just can't solve. Uh-huh. And then uh, Chris, um, he started off on his bike, and then he got sick. He was throwing up out oh. of the water. It just, and then it wasn't worth it for him. Yeah, you know, just... he'd done it before. He had really nothing to prove. So, uh-huh. and Joe, Joe just kept it steady, and yeah. <laughs> you know, so I finished off day four ride probably. I'm gonna guess nine thirty, ten o'clock at night. So on those highways in Maui, they're not they're not closed. It's busy. You've got your eight hundred lumen light on, and you're riding down the highway on the shoulder of the highway at night. Uh-huh. And then I ended up with three flats. So never fun during the daytime. Worse at I, night. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So thank the crew, or was it all Chad? Renato stuck with me, helped okay. me out. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of part of this event too. Yeah. It's not a race. Like yeah. It's, nobody even cares what place you come in or anything mm-hmm. like that it's we stuck together he helped me out his crew helped me out the second time and then the third time like my crew was there so they helped yeah. out you know change your own tires i told renato go go ahead just yeah. in case we something goes wrong banks of run, time yeah you don't you know you don't know what's going to go wrong yeah. you might have to go to a snail's pace on the run yeah. so mm-hmm. So anyway, I think I got in about 9.30 at night and then uh, probably took me close to an hour in transition though to get my feet wrapped up, yeah. Ooh, the blisters and everything. By and this then time. Yeah. Trying on a pair of shoes. Oh, those yeah. don't feel good. Let's try on the other pair. Yeah. And, you know, so it was a little bit of procrastination going out on the run. Yeah, mentally. Wow, hey? Yeah. yeah. but And it's been dark for hours. It's Yeah, it's dark and you're you're kind of out of it. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're just in it deficit with nutrition i mean mm-hmm. it's it's impossible to stay ahead of it yeah and then uh, we started out on the run and uh my crew van had gone to drop somebody off at a hotel they were going to do some cleaning up so i didn't have a crew van i had a pacer with me my buddy my buddy rich uh-huh. and he's a super experienced runner this guy so he's we're running and all of a sudden we start climbing this hill and i said to him i go geez rich this doesn't seem right he's Uh-oh. like this is where they told me to go. Uh-huh. I'm like, okay. But, uh, and now we're down to walking up the steep hill. And I'm like, this isn't right. They wouldn't do this. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was too steep. Yeah. you would. Anyway, we went a mile out of the way. Dead end. Oh. Yeah. 
Well, thankfully, it was, was a dead end, but... Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, but we had to turn around. Well, yeah, yeah. Because that really threw, uh, mentally really threw me off. Yes. Oh. I got, I was, my mind was starting to play tricks on me and I got a little bit upset. Oh, I bet. You know, yeah. just, you know, I apologize to everybody when it's done. But, yeah, uh, at the time, you're it's, not your usual self. Well, you know what it's like just from, from Ultra, right? Yes, yeah, so, so did my ex-crew. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah so anyway we got back on track and, uh-huh. and uh yeah we ended up uh i think i'm gonna guess somewhere around 3 30 in the morning on day four and then i said to lucy the crew captain i said lucy i gotta go take a shower she goes we have we don't have time to shower no time it's to shower. straight to the airport yeah wow. and i was the second one in that day oh wow yeah mm-hmm. so i was worried about the other Two guys that were were still going behind me because you, you want everybody to yeah. Is it going to be a field five. of two on the last day? Yeah, yeah. and um, they made it by the way. Yeah, that's what I mean. I saw some mm. some people overcome yeah. some crazy odds. Uh-huh. It's just unbelievable. So I ended up getting back, going to the uh, uh, condo they had rented us, and I took a shower. Mm-hmm. I said to Lucy, I said I have to. Like I can't just go this way. I can't. <laughs> and I came down. I think they said I fell asleep in the uh, elevator on the way down, standing up. And that's it for another edition of FitSpeak, the Fraser Valley's fitness, wellness, and endurance sports podcast. FitSpeak is brought to you by Wenting Cycle and Mission. Your Wenting's Word of the Week is Renew. Once again, your Wenting's Word of the Week, Renew. Also brought to you by TriJoy, the spirit of multi-sport. Whether your goals are iron, golden, or ultra, our low client-to-coach ratio ensures you get the one-on-one time you deserve to achieve your potential. It's TriJoy, the spirit of multi-sport. See the link at the bottom of this page to book your free consultation and goal-setting session. Be listening to us next time when we'll have the latest upcoming event schedule and our Fit Tip of the Week. That's part three of our top fitness trends of 2018. Also, we'll hear the second part of our interview with Epic 5 finisher Chad Bentley. Make sure you join us for that. And for all of us at FitSpeak, I'm Kevin Hines. Thanks for listening.